welcome to another episode of the Driftcast. I am your host, Kalai, and joining me is Joe. What's up, Joe? Welcome to the greatest monthly Nintendo podcast. I think. No, it definitely is. We're the best monthly Nintendo podcast. And we're joined by one other person, right, Kalai? Yes, and we're also joined by Matt. What's up, Matt? Welcome to the best mediocre Nintendo podcast every month. <laughs> I don't I think. Like we, I feel like we just had this conversation or something. Deja vu. I don't know. Days of did you say days of view or deja vu? Deja vu. Deja vu, and you oh. didn't say it correctly either, so it's all right. Okay, so this is the Driftcast. This is our monthly Nintendo uh, podcast. Uh, we are going to start our podcast like we always do with a toast. We're going to toast the Patreon producers. My name is Effing Mayo. Um, Redbeard Rick, Sony Pony to you, and MZ Nitro. Uh, thank you, guys. And, of course, we want to also say happy birthday to Joe. It's his birthday. We're celebrating everywhere, Joe. We're just celebrating. I, I, that's awesome. I, I like being over-celebrated. It's nice. It's nice that people care. Um, I don't think there's um, any such thing as over-celebrating a birthday. I guess. No, not really. Um, I want to do a quick shout-out to being right that Zelda was going to get delayed. So, there. I was right. Y'all suck it. Okay. <sighs> Yummy. Now I'm drinking Coke. I'm drinking a beer. I'm drinking the same diet cream soda. The same exact <laughs> one? The same exact one. Is it flat by now? You know, when it's a diet soda, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I guess it's already diet. Like you already you already set yourself up, so I feel like it doesn't really matter, you're right. All right, so what have we been playing on Nintendo? Joe, you want to go first? <laughs> well, it's the same thing I was playing on the last show. Uh, it's easy. Uh, it's pretty much the only thing I've been playing on my Nintendo Switch. Put about like six more hours into it this week. I beat a few more bosses. Beat a whole other chapter. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to keep going on this one. For those who don't know, it's a action-based RPG. And it's it's really, really well done. The voice acting's pretty stellar. It's not your typical, like, xenoblade chronicles where everybody's british for no fucking reason except they like british voice acting oi <laughs> oi governor <laughs> okay fucking monster hunter, my, uh, fucking uh dragon quest 8 hey governor it's me yangus <laughs> well, you were named angus we're all named angus i love that fucking game the game's so good um but anyway yeah i'm playing that and other than that i played a little more dead cells i think that's probably my favorite nintendo switch game of all time besides hyrule warriors i had to stop myself quick and say hyrule warriors because you know nothing's really held a candle to that and i hope that's that's some bold statement right there for you i mean i really hope that the new one that's coming out in like over like a month and a half the, the new Fire Emblem Heroes kind of does kind of like what the newer Hyrule Warriors did for that series and kind of like puts it on a better path where more people are willing to purchase it and give it a shot. Only time will tell, though. I mean, I already pre-ordered mine, so and I don't pre-order games anymore. So it tells you that tells you everything you need to know. 
It's true. It's damn true. What about you, Matt? What'd you say, Joe? I said it's damn true. I the three things I'm gonna highlight are Metroid Dread. I'm still on that. I haven't beaten it yet. I got stuck on a boss recently. Had to step away from it, come back to it because uh had a wicked headache that day and I just was not able to focus. But once I came back to it, fresh and uh fresh set of eyes on it, I was able to really just focus, buckle down, and get the pattern because that game is more than any other game I've played recently, that is a game of patterns where the bosses are there's nothing unfair about the bosses. It's just your reaction time and your ability to recognize their pattern. And I really enjoy that about the game. But I think I'm about 65% of the way through that game. So by the next time we have our next podcast, I'll probably have pushed through and, and finished it off. You don't think uh, the uh, you don't think the controls are a little off, like the timing. Timing, no, but I do. I'm find sorry, it responsiveness, ex- responsiveness. I'm sorry, not timing. Responsiveness. No response. I I'm fine with responsiveness. What I really have difficulty is the precision aiming. The using you mean the, like aiming like like uh like yeah diagonal? when yeah it's, yeah it's, when it's, you're it stationary really, yeah it doesn't really work uh, it how do I put this. The way you actually have to do it by pressing multiple buttons, like it, it reminds me of Kid Icarus again, where you have to do like this claw thing with your hand to comfortably like pull this off. I don't think it feels comfortable. I felt like when I played it with my uh, my Satisfy grip on before I got my newer Switch, it felt more comfortable to play it. But when I got my newer Switch and I still don't have my grip yet, like I, it just feels uncomfortable. Even with the Pro Controller, when you go to do precision aiming mode, I feel like it's a crapshoot. Like you don't, I I push the joystick in the direction I think I want to aim, and I'm way off, and I end up burning like six or seven missiles before I dial it in. So thank God the game is forgiving with just giving you missiles when you kill somebody. Yeah, it's probably the most forgiving Metroid game when it comes to missiles. Like I don't remember any Metroid game in the genre, in you know the franchise ever being this forgiving with like waste of like uh like ammo. Yeah, I feel like I could just fire missiles all day long, and that's not an issue in this one. Nope. I feel but, like you get so many chances. Like, you can do it over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. But I'm still having a ton of fun with it. This game is still pretty as anything, smooth as anything. I gotta go back and, and play it. Yeah, you you need to finish up. I'm really I'm at a point where I'm using a guide. I just want to get through it. But it's still a lot of fun. Damn, you went you went you went full guide mode on this one. You just gave up. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not full guide. I just I use it to kind of get to the next to guide well, yeah, me in the right yeah. direction. Well, y- yeah, I, mean, I feel like I'm not. T- you're taking the Metroidvania out of the Metroidvania. You just want a Metroid game at this point. You're like, I just want to play the game. Fuck trying to figure out how to like go everywhere. I want just point me in the direction and I'll I'll figure out the rest. But I I'm tired of going through hallways and. And going, all right, what, did I try everything here? No, all right, well, all right, f- fuck it. I'm just going. It's very, it's not like, like, it's it's very easy to get lost in that game. Like, super easy. Yeah, and, and like you said, though, it's more forgiving than other Metroids of past. But I uh, just... With the exploration part, I don't think so. Everything it else, highlights yeah. areas. It tells you, hey, there's something in this area you might have missed. I just don't know if it's a story beat or a... Missile? Energy tank or a missile, so... 
whatever. I'm not using like, the guide to get like every item. No, I just use like, it to guide me in the right direction. But you're also like, oh fuck, like it's a missile. Shit, I just wasted 20 minutes backtracking for a missile. Exactly. <laughs> I let me let me ask you that before we go any further. I was trying to get a question. Sure, go ahead. No, he. I have the Metro Droid Dread Amiibos, which he used in the game. What does that do? I was curious. Uh, missile tanks and energy tanks. Oh, okay. So it starts you off with an extra five missiles and an extra energy tank, which is and nice. Is that use- yeah, is that useful? Uh, it's more life and more ammo. Now, is it permanent or is it only until permanent. you die? No, it's permanent. Whoa. And how many times can you use it? Just the once. Okay. It'll know you. Even if you try to use another amiibo, it'll know you've already registered to that game. So does that mean that it like saves in your file and you automatically have five additional missiles on your save file? Exactly. Yep. And energy tanks? Like five full energy tanks? No, one one energy tank. That's still really one energy tank is better than no extra energy tanks. It's an extra hundred. Because that's how energy tanks work. Yeah, I mean, I uh, have, how many do you have right now? How many energy tanks? I'm at about eight or nine. Yeah, I have like four or five. Oh. And at these higher levels, once you get past a certain point, enemies can chew through it pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, one hit will take a whole hundred out. Especially the Emmys at, at this point, the specialized Emmys that I'm fighting. It's, they're so, so frustrating. Much. I hate those things so much. But I, I feel frustrating in a good way, and it speaks to the name of the game. It's like going to an area, I go, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Uh, I've also been playing, I started up Kirby in the Forgotten Lands, something a little less intense. How, like, okay, so, is it worth it? Do you like Mario Odyssey? I do, I love Mario Odyssey. I think you'll like this game, because it's a lot of the same beats, it's, you absorb the characters, you absorb the items, and that's what you use to get past that specific level. And then as you're playing, what they do is they have specialized challenges that open up as well. And you go in, you have to beat this specific task in under 30 seconds, in under 45 seconds, in under a minute, using the power-ups you get in the game. So one guy is like a ranger, you you get a gun that you can fire. (laughs) Freaking Kirby on the block, just grabbing a Glock. And you also get... (laughs) Uh, a sword guy or bomb throwers so those are nice ways to earn extra points and currency and things like that and each level you get each stage you play has extra waddle dees which is what you're collecting to expand your hometown kind of like stars in in mario but what this is it has secret challenges in each one such as find five edible items on top of logs or light four different candle wicks and you have to use like a power up in that level to do it so i i've only got about maybe an hour and a half in the game but like i said if you enjoyed mario odyssey i think you'll definitely enjoy kirby do you think it's worth the 60 dollars price tag though or do you think you should wait till it goes on sale though like how much you're Hard to say because it's I'm only an hour and a half in, but it's a fully fledged game. It's got everything you need in it. It it meets all the qualifications of being a full game. And I think the it's not so much an open world aspect. I when I going into this, I thought it was open world, but no, it's it's a hub world. You start off in a hub and you go off to different areas to try to clear those stages completely. 
So, uh, so my opinion, yeah, it meets meets all the criteria of being a sixty dollar game. That's good. It's definitely something I want to check out. And I know it's like never ever going to go on sale because it's a first party game. So like eventually, I'm just going to have to just bite the bullet and buy it. But I feel like there's just so many other things right now that I want to play. You can hold off on this one. It's not going anywhere. It, it's to put it best. It's not a you need to immediately play this. It's not like a heavily story driven game that you're worried about something being spoiled. Trophy. Like oh shit! Wrong Elden show. Ring. Wrong show. <laughs> Nintendo. Nintendo don't have those. Um, there's nothing to be spoiled by. There's nothing that you have to worry about uh, not getting to immediately. So you can wait on this one. It's not like oh my god, you must play it right now. But it is fun. Yeah, I want to play it eventually down the road when you're done with it. And I can borrow it. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also been using my emulators to play some Simpsons Hit and Run. It it still amazes me that game is better than any right it had to be because there's been some trash Zelda game or trash uh, Simpsons games in the past, with the exception of the arcade game. Like a lot of us were waiting for some serious Simpsons games, and this I one mean... I feel like meets it. I like Virtual Bar. I like, I can name a lot of them. I like actually. I like Krusty's Fun House on Super Nintendo. But that game's highly underrated. I like, well, Simpsons Arcade is fantastic. Even the Simpsons Arcade game for iOS, which was technically a sequel to the original game, that was even really good. And it was an iOS game. Uh, but well. to to me, this game has, it, with it having all the voice actors in it. Just lends that legitimacy that it needs. Oh, hundred percent. I I think this and this and um this crazy taxi one, which I believe is called uh Road Rage. Road Rage. Yes, that game's phenomenal too. And then the only other game I liked was the EA the EA Simpsons game where they were supposed to make a sequel and then they never ever did. But that game was really good too. The one that they made when EA took over in like two thousand whatever it was, and that's when they it was on three sixty and PS three. Did you play that one, Matt? No, definitely not. It's really good. If you could find it or emulate it, I would. Like it's it's a phenomenal game. That uh you play as each Simpsons character in a fully realized open world Springfield. Kalai, you ever play Hit and Run? Oh yeah. Yeah, years ago. I don't remember much of it, but it was a lot of fun. It was like a little side scrolling brawler. No, no, no. Hit and Run was the GTA clone. Oh, no, then maybe not. It's really good. If you can emulate it, play it. Maybe I'll emulate you. it when... Go ahead. When I get my Steam Deck, I was going to say. <laughs> yep. And that's Anything all else? I got. Okay. You're up, Clay. Uh, so I've been playing Hades back on my Switch because I've been traveling. Uh, I love that game so much. And the nice part about it being on the Switch is you can upload your cloud save and then play it right on your uh, PC. So I've been playing, and then today I was like, oh, you know what, I want to play, but I don't feel like playing on my Switch. So I uploaded it to the cloud, picked it up on my PC, and popped three different achievements. So that was kind of cool. I didn't even know that they had cross-play. Yeah, they do. It's it's actually really cool. I also got a chance to play uh, Shredder's Revenge, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, which is amazing, and I can't wait for it to come out. It is, is that going to switch. Is that going to support four-player? Yeah. Yep. 
So I feel like Clyde, Joe, and I have a homework assignment to, uh, to I mean, fulfill. It, it, I mean, uh, by that point, I should be a master at that game because I'm pretty sure I'm going to beat that game and probably halfway platinum it in the first night it's out because I'm clearing my entire calendar when that game comes out. That and Cowabunga Collection. I honestly don't know which one I'm more excited for. Is that one or Cowabunga? It's, it's, it's sad that a new Turtles game in 2022 and I'm more excited to play the NES game on my fucking television again. And I could do that right now if I emulated it, but I feel like I really just want Cowabunga Collection. It's going to be an interesting year for Turtles. Like, you know, they just finished the last Ronin comic book, which was absolutely phenomenal for those who love Ninja Turtles. I would check it out. It's a very dark, gritty Ninja Turtle story. And then we're getting two new video games this year after, like, a good five and a half years of nothingness. So I'm excited. And they're both coming to the Switch. What I don't know with that game is, is will it support online co-op? It does. It does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay. It's, it's, dot, it's .m or .emu. Whatever, dot .emu? Yeah, dot .emu. And they uh they did Streets of Rage, and Streets of Rage 4 had um online play on the Switch. So I'm I'm 100% positive that's going to have online play. So the question is, is what system? I guess we'll have to get it on Switch. Um, I bought it on, I bought, I already bought it on both, so. I have both both of those collections. I have both paid off on two now, both consoles. Now the Calabunga collection, that's going to be co-op online as well. Uh, no. Uh, well, not all the games. Uh, arcade is uh, Turtles Arcade is Turtles Original Arcade. I believe is too. Um, Hyperstone Heist is which I which I found very shocking. But I guess because it's the only way you can play Hyperstone Heist is on that collection. So they put that as an online game. Um, and I believe Tournament Fighters is online. And those are the four that you can play online. You can't play the NES ones online or the Game Boy ones online. The Game Boy ones are all single player, so it's not, I don't know how that would be possible. But even even like the NES, uh, the, the, the two player is only couch co-op. Okay. So I'll I'm thinking have, about getting that collection. It's, I mean, for $40 to get 13 Ninja Turtle games... Like, we haven't even gotten to talk about this on the show yet, so, like, I'm super fucking excited for this. Like, I literally almost crashed my car when they announced this, because someone in the group, in our group chat, thought it would be fun to fucking put this in the group chat while I was driving, because it was during the PlayStation, uh, one of the PlayStation showcases. And I was just, I was just blown away. And the fact, again, the fact that we're getting two brand new Ninja Turtle games in a calendar year, hopefully, is insane. I think the, the biggest uh, the biggest question mark for me is that the Calabunga collection doesn't have a release date yet or a window, but the Shredder's Revenge game, which is the brand new game, has a release window of summer, which I think is very interesting. Like, I'm surprised the Calabunga collection wasn't just one of those ones where they're like, it's out today, <laughs> buy it now, it'll come physical later. But like I said, I, I ordered both of them as soon as they got announced, so I spent 40 on PS4, 40 on Switch, 40 on PS4. Or, yeah. No, actually, you can't get the uh, the Shredder's Revenge yet. Um, it's actually... But I, I don't see that game being more than $25 to $30. I, I don't, because that's what the price tag on Streets of Rage was, and I don't see it being more than Streets of Rage. I did watch the behind-the-scenes of how they made the game, though. It's very interesting, because like, people that worked on Scott Pilgrim and then people that worked on Ninja Turtles... Um, not Ninja Turtles. Yeah, one of the old Ninja Turtle games from Game Game Boy Advance worked on this game, and also people that worked on Streets of Rage Four. So it's like a labor of love. Like they really wanted to make this game, 
Like when they finished Streets of Rage, like they already said that they wanted to make a Turtles game. That's the next thing they wanted to make. But they didn't know if they could get the rights to it. And it's a very cool story. It's on YouTube if you guys want to watch it. It's like a behind the scenes video. It really talks about the game, but I'm really fucking jazzed and I'm jealous you got to play it. So I want to hear your impressions. Like, how do you feel it plays compared to like, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you played the old arcade games when you were younger, way younger. It played, it, it played exactly like the original arcade game. Like, exactly. Like, it was four player co-op. I had a little bit of trouble because it's just like Streets of Rage. You have to have that depth perception. Be like, oh, I had to hit that. I died, but I got to come right back in. And I played four-player co-op. I, 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 there was they were playing. I was like, can I jump in as a third player? They said absolutely. I jumped in. Some guy said, can I jump in? We said sure. So it was four-player, and it was a lot of fun. And we beat the first level. That's awesome. That's oh man, I want to play that game so bad. Uh, did you? Oh, question. Because you were at yeah. Max. Did you run into the completionist while you were there? Like, did you see him when you were there, or did you see any any of the guys that were there, any of the bigger YouTubers or anything like that? I know yes, I saw. Yeah, I saw Roby Tech. Oh, nice. nice. You have no idea who Roby Tech is, do you? Nice. No, it's nonetheless. It's it's it, yes. It's nice. Nonetheless, you got to meet somebody that you want to meet. <laughs> That's really nice for you. Kalai, did you did you meet the person I requested you meet? No, I looked for her though. You disappoint me. I know. I was gonna like video call you and be like, "How about now? I got you what you want." <laughs> you were like, uh, uh. Anyways, uh, Roby Tech is a a guy who used to work for Microsoft and quit his job because his YouTube channel to build computers got so big. That he's doing it full time, and like literally, he has like just he just has like twenty graphics cards. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So let's talk about the news. Apparently, Zelda Breath of the Wild two was delayed to spring of twenty twenty three. It doesn't really surprise me. I mean, was anybody really surprised when? We've only seen a cinematic trailer with absolutely no gameplay behind it. And then every single time Eiji Nomura came out and was like, hey, uh, just want just want to say we're still working hard on it. And then yeah. suddenly one day they come out, hey, um, about that release date, 2022 is kind of not looking like a thing here. It's okay. It's okay. Anuma can fuck off. Just it's like just like the developers for Metroid Prime Four. Don't come to me until it's done. <laughs> I don't want to hear another word about either we're working, game. We're working on Metroid Prime Four. Yeah, oh, we we uh we we had to restart Metroid Prime Four. Yeah, yeah. don't look behind this curtain. Um, <laughs> so it actually got me thinking. You know, what is the longest period of wait time between one Zelda to the next? And Easy. According to the little list here, Link's Awakening to Ocarina of Time was yep. five years. And I don't even but, count that. I would say it's Link to the Past. Link, Link to, to the, the Past, past to Ocarina. Ocarina. So that's seven years. So we're we're looking at five years between Breath of the Wild to whatever they're calling Breath of the Wild 2. I, I honestly feel the only reason this game is out is not out yet or finished is be- I think the game's done. I really do. I think the game is completely done. I just feel like you are insane. No, I do. I think it's done. And I think it's, it just can't run on the switch. They can't get it to run on the current switch. 
I think you just like to make theories up that include that they're done, but they're not going to release it. They can't release it because it can't run properly. In other words, you're saying the next year is just optimization? No, it's like they're moving it. I think that I don't know if it was halfway through development or a fourth or almost to the finish line, but at one point they just realized like all this cannot run on the current switch. And I feel like the, the new switch was supposed to come out this year and it didn't. So that's why we're not getting Breath of the Wild this year. So what changes next year? We get the new switch. Okay. Then we'll talk about that later. Next news point, Kalai. Uh, Splatoon 3 and Xenoblades 3 was given release dates. Splatoon oh, yeah. will be released on 9-9-22, and Xenoblades will be, will be announced July 29th, 2022. The only problem I have with this is why is Rise and, and Xenoblades in the same freaking month? Because they, uh, they're, they're not. Day. Wait, no, Rise is in, Jan- in June. Isn't June? It? It's yeah, the end, of, end of June. That is there, still not it, the same month. No, they're, they're actually... They're in a 30-day no, period. No, they're not, actually. That, that is not how months work, Kalai. not how months work. <laughs> um, I am super excited for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, even though it's probably just going to sit in my back. I'm probably just going to download it and just never play it. But I'll own it. It'll look nice in my digital collection next to the other one I never beat. Kalai, we're going to play Rise on the Cruise. Get that all of out of our system, so by the time Xenoblade comes out, you'll be able to play that guilt-free. First of all, if you're not done with Rise by the time Xenoblade comes out, with the way that you guys play Monster Hunter games, I don't know what's what what's right in this. What do you What do you mean done? Like you're gonna finish all the content in there by the time Xenoblade comes. It's a whole month. Do you see the way I'm looking at you, Joe? It's a month. One one does not simply finish Monster Hunter. You could finish all the content. There okay, there is a way to finish Monster Hunter. There is. It has an endpoint. Maybe don't. your definition of finishing Monster Hunter differs greatly from me and Kalai. If you finish all the quests in there, you have technically finished all the content in the game. Uh yeah, but then I have to get all the armor items and every single I, hunting yes, horn. I am and- the same way as you are, because we all play Monster Hunter. But then again, like you have to understand, there is an endpoint, and you should be able to reach that particular endpoint by the time Xenoblade comes out. Kalai, have you seen an endpoint on any Monster Hunter game we've played? I hate, oh, I hate both of you. <laughs> no, I mean, how, how many hours? I mean, I had at least over 500 hours in uh, Monster Hunter Iceborne. World? Uh, I mean, World and Iceborne together, I probably yeah. had over 1,000. Yeah. I know, combining right? combining from when I played it on PS4 to when I mm. moved to PC. And the only reason why I had to stop Monster Hunter Rise was my arm, but I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll get you geared up and ready for Sunbreak by the time the cruise is out. We should start playing again. We should, start, we should just make a day weekly to play it. We can do community night with that. We could, but you gotta understand something. The reason why he's suggesting that is he knows that we've beaten the game and he needs no. us to carry him through the game. No, you don't. One, two. I can beat it myself. I just want Joe to- needs some hunting horn love. I just like to play with people. I don't I I I don't know. I've lost interest in playing the game by myself and I only want to play with people. And that makes sense. As much as I like playing with randos, it's not always my favorite way to play Monster Hunter. No, I agree one hundred percent. 
uh, that's the other reason why I, ha- I haven't played because I have to like get my group back together again. And I'm sure if I've been like, oh, hey, uh, do you want to play Monster Hunter? I'm sure Matt would be like, okay. I'll be on top of that shit real quick. Like you just fucking but, shine a flashlight. Like, beep, 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 beep. Monster so, Hunter. All that said, I know you both will be picking up Xenoblade 3. Oh, uh, yeah. My goal is to beat 2 before 3. I think I'm going to probably try to break the cycle and not buy another Xenoblade game that I won't beat. I think you should beat the first two. Three. And come, and come to the dark side. Three. X doesn't really count. Oh, X counts. No, n- X. Not, X. not really, because it's not in the same story, but... I see what it, you're saying. It, it, it counts as it's, far as it's a Xenoblade game. It's a Xenoblade Chronicles game, so technically it's in the same universe, but it, it, it doesn't count. Just wait for it to get ported. It's going to get ported. I have no doubt in my mind they're eventually going to port that game. I feel I like porting so. it would be great just because I'd rather play it on my Switch than loading up my Wii U again. If it gets again. ported, I'm not fucking playing anything else. I'll put another 500 hours in that game. The game is fucking phenomenal. Like The fact that it takes like 30 or 40 hours just to get your skill, like your mech, it, it game is so good. Glide, I mean, did you get your mech in that game or no? No. I played maybe like the first 20 minutes of it and that's it. And I've never picked it up since. And now there's a Switch available and I want it on the freaking Switch. So I, I Oh my god. It, it, would make yes. my, it would make my dreams come true, Glide. Remember how we used to talk and I used to play it on the gamepad and you thought I was fucking crazy when I could play it on my giant TV? I'm like playing it on my gamepad. Imagine actually playing it on a gamepad that's fucking functional and can reach the toilet. And doesn't have a re- resolution that looks like dirt. Be the greatest game ever. You lead the gamepad alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Every like, game looked like I had petroleum rubbed all over it. You know what? I love the gamepad. It was a very cool idea. Like I remember taking it to like OCC, like when I was in um associates, going for my associate's degree. And we used to like literally like bring our all our Wii U's to, and we would just set them up in the library and just plug them in and sit right next to them and just play games. Because you could do How that. How far we've come. You could do you could bring your whole console with you. I and, remember and it was like so tiny. And now we have something that's that's significantly better than that. Significant's not the word. <laughs> if there was a word that went beyond significant, I would I would use that word. Cause oh. the gamepad was doo-doo chocolate sauce. And I love the gamepad, but I, I know it was doo-doo chocolate sauce. It was a shitty banana. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do, so, call, do callbacks here. So funny story about PAX. There's an entire area called bring your own console or bring your own computer. And people were bringing like I'm thinking, oh, laptops. People were bringing these huge full size towers to the actual PAX. And I was like, who pays all this money to go to PAX just to bring their own console to sit here? That's cool. A lot of people, Kali. Apparently so. Do you know the kind same of nerds like, that are going to PAX? Come on. Same people that go on cruises and just play games in the lobby all day. All right. Who does that? Uh, so, that Xenoblade, will either of you be picking up Splatoon 3? I, okay, so if we all make a pack to get it and play it together, then I'll get it. And I'll get it just for the show. Like, I honestly want to buy two and then start playing with you guys to gear up for three. No, here's the problem with that. Nintendo has a shitty fucking system. We cannot play together. That's why I want to see what it's... We haven't gotten a lot of news on how how it's going to handle 
I'm waiting to see what they come out with as far as control scheme. Well, no, no, not control scheme. How how they'll hopefully have improved the online experience. I mean, it's Nintendo. I'm highly doubting they're going to change anything with the online experience. My online experience with Nintendo is like, it's like hope and pray. It's like hope it's better than every other game and pray that it doesn't fucking like log you out every five seconds or crash. It's like, it just amazes me. Like, and here, here, like, we'll start, we can start a mini conversation right here. It amazes me how like the online is so good in Rise. Yeah, it's so shitty in every mainline Nintendo game. Well, that's, that's because they use different systems for Rise. I understand. Not that, to mention, it's just, it's not just to like, mention, hey, not to mention, Rise is made by Capcom. It might be exclusive to the Nintendo, and it's not even exclusive to the Nintendo anymore. Now, let's look at Splatoon. To get a group in Splatoon, you have to queue up at the exact same time and hope that you get put in the same game. What? Wait, you have to pull some magic voodoo shit where y'all go like yeah. one, two, three. So that's that's why I want. Fuck well, no, that it, shit. it it did no, Kali. It did change because I remember playing with Steve and and a bunch of their friends, and we were able to coordinate. But what I'm hoping for is a much easier way. It it, it was some back end voodoo to make it work. I'm hoping for a little bit easier of a time joining up with your friends, and they just haven't told us anything about that yet. All right, guys, we all need to synchronize, synch- synchronize our watches to be like one, two, three. All right, join. Yeah, that's not how I want to live my life on a video game. No, there has there has to be a better option. Jim bought the game purposely oh, to jo- to do that, and he got pissed real quick when he oh, couldn't play God. with me. Jim was probably like, "Fuck this series, I'm never buying this again." Clyde, you're not allowed to buy it anymore either. Can only, right? <laughs> can only imagine that one. So there, there's actually another news point that I forgot to include in here was that if you are a part of the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass, they included the Octop... I forget what the title was, but the expansion to Splatoon 2. So the single story player experience. Uh, Invasion of the Octopods or whatever it was. It was pretty highly rated when it came out. So if you have the expansion pass, definitely pick plug the game in and uh, play through some of that. I used to call it Octodad's Deadliest Catch. Oh, that was such a great game. It was a great game. It was a great game. It was a great game. And then it looks like our last bit of news is Reggie was as at SXSW 2022, where he did an hour-long interview on his history at Nintendo and his relationship with Satoru Awada. Sweet. So yeah, and the video out is out there if you want to watch it. It's very entertaining. It brings up a lot of good stuff. And Awada being his mentor, he had a lot of heartfelt stuff to talk about with how he uh it guided his own experience through Nintendo and then even onto the GameStop board of directors and what happened there. So if you just search Reggie at South by Southwest 2022, you can find the video and watch it. Did he talk about his body being ready? <laughs> He's, his body is always ready. Okay. Alright, so next we're just going to touch on the Golden Week sale, which is happening. Golden Week is a uh, kind of like a, a holiday in Japan, and it's celebrated by giving us discounts. Kind of like Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, except all we get there is whiskey, or not whiskey, sangria and fucking tacos. Margaritas, but okay. 
All right. So we're going to give you one recommendation if you're looking for a good sale uh, or a good deal. My recommendation is going to be on Monster Hunter Rise. It's currently $34. And you can get ready for the new uh, uh, expansion pack coming out. And on top of that, if you guys want, we could all play together. Matt? My recommendation is since Breath of the Wild 2 is delayed, you can pick up Immortals Phoenix Rising for $15. It has a lot of the same gameplay points as Breath of the Wild, a large uh, open world to explore, different weapons to try, no weapon durability system, which I know a lot of you would be happy about. Some people I've talked to don't like the story beats feel like at some point it's childish i think it starts off and then seriously grows into itself so i think if you liked breath of the wild and the style of gameplay and the open world that it presented you're gonna love immortals phoenix rising uh joe uh i don't know what, what was buying again i don't remember Valkyria Chronicles 4. Oh, Valkyria Chronicles 4. That game is fantastic. I know Kali's played it. I believe you played it, right, Kali? You played Valkyria uh, Chronicles, didn't you? No, I don't think so. Oh, I thought you played it. Um, So Valkyria Chronicles is kind of like a, um, it's a strategy RPG, but it plays very different than most strategy RPGs where like you control your units kind of like in real time, but you still have like movement where you can only move them so far. It's a really deep, game and it's it's centered around like real life war which i think is really cool because not a lot of games are like that and it's just it's just so well put together and the voice acting is amazing and they remastered it for switch ps4 and um xbox i think it's on xbox it might not be it might just be switch and ps4 but i have it on both um i bought it when it first came out on ps4 and then when i got my switch it was like literally one of the first games i bought because I was like, oh man, this this will play so much better. Because I'm just a big fan of like strategy RPGs on the Switch, and I think they run like superbly well on the Switch. They're very pick up and play games. I really want to play um the new one that came out, uh, Triangle Strategies. I haven't got to play that yet, but I really want to play it. So I, I would my pick is uh definitely Valkyria Chronicles. And it's only fifteen okay. bucks, or no, I think it's nine bucks. It's twelve. Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> not better not than better 10 than but better, better than 15 though <laughs> uh, okay alright so let's talk about our May releases there's not a lot this time I felt like this is a very weak month coming up uh, it, it's a very niche month or niche month it's very like if you're into like these super obscure titles this is kind of where like all the developers put them in like one month Okay, so the first one on May 6th is Among Us Ejected Edition. It, I looked at the notes for this one. It literally just looks like it has some downloadable content that you get with it, which usually means hats or costumes. Uh, next is Blaze Blue Central Fiction Special Edition on May 8th. That's pretty Arc cool. Arc System Works, yeah. Arc System Works Fighter. Uh, 2D Fighter. This has been a long-standing series. There's been a million different versions of it. And it's in the vein of like Guilty Gear. It's just, it's so much fun playing games. But Blaze Blue was one of my first 2D fighting games, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, next is Eodian Chronicles, May 10th. So it's actually Eodian Chronicles, uh, Eodian Chronicles, um, Rising, 
and it's the Kickstarter game, but it's like the first game out of the two. And this one's a little bit different. I believe it's a strategy RPG or I'm not an action RPG compared to the one that's going to play like um, Sweet It In, which comes out next year, which was the huge Kickstarter game from the people from the guys who used to make Sweet It In. They're making a brand new game with 108 playable characters and everything. And it looks fucking fantastic. But this is the prequel game to that. And it's definitely a game I'm going to check out. And it's only like, I believe it's only like $24. So it's, it's a budget title. So if you guys want to pick it up, it comes out on uh, May 10th. Um, are you going to play this at all? I-, I might check this out. Oh, I guess we'll talk about that at the end. Next is the NIS collection. Oh, Prinny Presents Collection Number Two with Makai Kingdom and this really obscure Japanese strategy-based RPG that uh, Nipponichi Software made that never came here, never came to the U.S. Which I definitely want to check it out for that. But just to get Makai Kingdom on a modern console is fucking awesome. And these are the guys that made all the Disgaea games, and these are definitely two if you haven't played that you want to check out. And they announced the third collection as well, so they're going to make it NIS Collection Number Three. And that has um, Rhapsody and Laposal, um Tactics Ragnarok, which are two fantastic strategy RPGs. Kalai, you should definitely buy all three of these NIS collections. They are fucking phenomenal. Um, the first one's really hard to find physical now, and it some a lot of the times it goes for like over hundred bucks already. Okay, Evil Dead the game. I have a feeling this is going to be horrible. I okay. So here's my thought on this. Like, and hear me out. This could go one of two ways, right? This can go fucking like aliens, uh, the aliens fucking multiplayer or the predator hunting grounds game where it could be absolute dog shit, right? Or it could be Friday the 13th where it's a lovely surprise with terrible online. I hope, I hope it's a lovely surprise because Evil Dead has been due a good game since its inception. And I feel like it just hasn't been given its due, but I still think it's struggling to find its genre. I feel like this game's a misstep because I feel like the game should have just been a single player game. And that's what people wanted. And I don't know why they made a multiplayer game when you could have just made a single player game that would have sold very, very, very well. I have a feeling there's some monetization stuff we're not seeing on the back end that I'm sure drives the decision to make it multiplayer. No, we love our shit crystals on this show. Mm, Yeah. Next is Two Point Campus on May 17th. So from the makers of Two Point Hospital, it's a management simulator. And instead of a hospital this time, you are managing a college campus. Isn't this already out for like other systems? It's just coming. It is. Now it's just coming to the switch. Uh, next is Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. The notorious Vampire Masquerade RPG is coming over to the Switch finally. Wait, which game is this? Uh, it's, I, I think it's actually a new one. They say it's a narrative-driven single role-player game. Controls three vampires in the different vampiric disciplines. Set in Boston, the world of darkness. So I think, I think it's just a different version of Vampire the Masquerade coming out now. Interesting. I'm gonna have to check this out. I like that series a lot. I have no desire to play that fucking massive multiplayer bullshit they just put out. 
None whatsoever. Heard it was terrible. KO the Kangaroo, May 27th. Day one purchase. This is my pick of the month. And that says a lot over the NIS game. But I have been waiting for KO the Kangaroo to come out like since I saw the previews for it. It plays a lot like Crash Bandicoot and Super Lucky's Tale. And I think this game is going to be a wonderful, wonderful surprise this year. And it's only $30, so it's a pretty good budget title. Some of the fun I've had is watching uh, speedrunners play some of the older ones. It's amazing what they could do in the game, so I can't wait to see what they do to tear through this one. I, I just think it's really cool that you play a kangaroo with boxing gloves and you just punch the shit out of people. Hey, first first time that happened was in Tekken 3. Or was it Tekken 2? Oh, Rue? Yeah, Rue. Yeah. It was 3, I believe. I think it was 3. Yeah, because wasn't the raptor in the in the second one and then they were both in the third one? I don't remember when the raptor was out. I don't remember. I know they both came out around the same time. So is anybody going to try Eudian Chronicles? I am. You're going to buy it? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to buy it because I feel like I'm going to buy... I want the... I want the full game. Like, that's coming out next year. And this is, like, a good appetizer for that. Even though it's not going to be in the same style of play as that game, I definitely want to check it out so I can familiarize myself with the, uh, the story beats that are going to be carried over in the, uh, in the full game because the prequel is going to kind of, you know, set your story up a little bit. What do you think, uh, Matt? Are you going to try it? Nah, probably. Probably, I got other things I'd like to focus on. So, not even you can try it for free. It's coming to Game Listen, Pass. Listen, I never, I never turn, I never turn down a free thing. It coming, it's coming to Game Pass. Yeah, it's Game Pass Day indeed. It's yeah, it's, it's Game Pass Day one. But wouldn't I rather play Turnip Boy commits tax evasion? <laughs> it is an amazing game, but I, I that I play on the Switch too. Great game. Uh, that physical anything, version for that game goes for a lot of money. Anything else you guys are going to pick up from the May releases? Uh, uh, maybe one that uh, you may not see it on your end, the Pac-Man Museum Plus. I'm getting Pac-Man. Did you watch the preview for it? Matt, did you watch the trailer for it? Nope. So it's like Pac-Man, and there's like challenges in it and levels to unlock and different cabinets, and then there's like things you can buy to make your own virtual arcade, like bushes and like pots and like posters to put on your walls. And it's all unlocked by playing more and more Pac-Man. So I was like, I want this fucking game now. Like I was like, this is, I love Pac-Man. So I'm getting it. If I wanted to sit in darkness, eat pills. I would never make this podcast. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Topic of the show. That's right. We have a topic of the show now. So does the Switch ever get a horsepower upgrade or do we just get the Switch 2 with backwards compatibility? And aren't those basically the same thing? Like, it's weird because if if you just make a Switch 2, it's kind of like the new Nintendo 3DS where you had games I, I, and if I memory serves me correctly, there's really only one game, Xeno played Chronicles 3D that would play only on the new Nintendo 3DS and wouldn't play on anything else. But if you make a Switch 2 or something similar and it has a port for old Switch games, then, I mean, at that point, 
it's just a switch upgrade. There, there's no real purpose to it other than to get to that next level. So, Joe, back to your original statement about Breath of the Wild 2 and coming out and getting an upgrade. Do you think it's a Switch 2 we're looking at or a Switch upgrade? Uh, it's tough because I feel like they're... Nintendo was like... It's funny because people always talk about like iteration consoles and like, oh, Sony, Microsoft. Nintendo was like the first people to do this. Remember, they did it with the Game Boy back in the day and then the Game Boy Color and then when they did it with the... Um, what is it called? The... Uh, the DS. You had the DS, the DS Lite. And then the 3DS, the 3DS, the 3DS XL, the 3DS XL Lite, the 3D XL Mountain Dew Edition, the 3D XL uh, Kill Your Neighbor to buy another one because, you know, you have to have it. You have to have it. It's like Chin Pokemon. Like, gotta buy it, gotta buy it. It's ridiculous, but this is what, this is like Nintendo's MO. Like, Nintendo makes iterative consoles. It's what they do. I mean, I'm surprised. Like, we've already had three Switches in five years. Just think of that already. There's been three of them. There's been a Switch, a Switch Lite, and then a Switch... Um, what the hell is the new one called? Oh, well, no, there's, there's, been, there's been four Switches. The Switch, oh, the, the V2. Switch V2. Yeah, the V2. I forgot about the V2. The Lite, and then the OLED. I forgot the but V2. With the exception of the battery... The iterative purpose of those, I mean, V2 was to fix the battery issue. But yeah, which, which, and actually, actually, that was actual bullshit though, because I feel like that should have been the V1. Well, so actually, the thing that they fixed was the V2 was there was a hardware flaw that hackers were able to use to bypass the protection protocols. So they had to get the V1 off the market and they used that opportunity to fix the. To increase battery life, so that was the actual reason for the V2 to come out. Yeah, then but I feel sp- like I feel like even then though, like it's like the V2, like it's still hackable. <laughs> well, hackers gonna hack. That's always oh, yeah. gonna be the case. But this was a hardware flaw that they could not fix with a firmware update. That's that was the biggest motivator for them to get that issue fixed. So then you had the Switch Lite, which was a Switch Lite because they wanted to be able to market it to kids and parents not freaking out about a $300 console breaking. And then the OLED because old people like Kalai needed to be able to see the screen. I, thank you. I am one, number one. I appreciate that, Kalai. That's okay, Kalai. <laughs> I love it too. I think the, once you get an OLED, you can't go back. But we've we've seen every news article coming out saying... Switch 2 or Switch Upgrade or Switch 4K coming, and then you read the article like, here's what we think wouldn't be in the system. I think in less, we're, we're in spring of 2022. I think with the with it, with Breath of the Wild 2 being a year away, if you don't hear something about an upgrade in the next three to six months you're not seeing one they're not going to announce it at the same time that they're they're getting ready to release it release the game you know they do with the last wait wait what they do with the last two zelda games the last two zelda games yep 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 what happened to the last two zelda games Uh, breath of the wild got announced at the same time that the switch was given a release date Mm Mm-hmm. What happened before that? 
Twilight Princess was on the Wii U. But where else did it come out on? I'm sorry, the Wii. Yeah, and then it came out on the Wii U's. Because the Wii U he's, launched. He's trying to lead the fact that he that he's going to be right and that they're not releasing Zelda because they're going to be putting out a new Switch, which is his pipe dream. I mean, this is the man that said on Loot Bros that they're not putting out a game because they have to wait for all the systems to release. <laughs> we still haven't gotten so those I, games, have we? I don't even remember what they were. Listen, I honestly think that we're getting another Switch within the next year. We are. It's time. It really is time. Like it, They cannot keep this system going the way it is unless they have some really crazy good titles coming out for it that are going to push the system. But I feel like the system has been pushed so far as is, and it's going to have a hard time running a lot of these games moving forward. And Nintendo can make games for it, but nobody else can. Because everybody else is making games for modern consoles and Switch as as even though Switch is a modern console per se, its tech is severely behind the times. Except it still sells buttloads every it month. It's loads. still on top. And and they don't want to, Nintendo's not gonna want to move to a Wii U situation where they have their cash cow and now they feel the need to upgrade. They don't want another Wii U situation. So I think it would be a fatal flaw this soon to move to a Switch 2 because then you have the naming convention, you have the the issue where people are going to be confused as to which one to get because the Wii U was backwards compatible. People still didn't care. It was a stupid naming convention and people ended up not buying the system. So to make a move to the Switch this soon and try to make something so similar to the Switch, I think they're going to fall down the same path again. I, my, Claude, do you really think we're going to get anything that's much more powerful than the current Switch, given Nintendo's track record? Like, is it really going to be that much more powerful than the next Switch? Like, even if it is, it, not if it's an iterative, like the next one, the next, like, generation of Switch. Like, what's it going to be able to run? PS4 games? Here's the thing about the Switch. It's going to be hard to make it powerful and tiny. And not blow up your pocket? And not blow up on your hands? Like the Steam Deck? Like It's like the Steam Deck's a mar- it's, it's a fucking engineering marvel. It is. That it's that powerful and it's in your hands. But I also think with there, there might be in the future we might see problems where people are having issues with that being portable or having issues with it. Like eventually one of these things is going to fucking blow up. And then I don't know what's going to happen to handle gaming. Because it's going to be... <laughs> It's going to happen eventually. Like you can't keep making these things more and more powerful and having you hold it in your hand because then it, you're going to lose the portability factor because it's just going to become an iPad. Oh, the size of an iPad I mean, at that point. the Steam Deck is not very portable. I mean, the switch I could still throw in my back pocket. The Steam Deck is not fitting in anything that isn't a fanny pack. And to a pretty big ass fanny pack you got there for a Steam Deck. It's a satchel. The. <laughs> <laughs> the the idea that yeah not the next iteration but the next nintendo system do we even see something that is a successor to the switch or do we see something completely different as nintendo likes to do every once in a while they will they are stuck now they have to make a hybrid console from now on they can't go back 
they have a they have cornered a, a portion of the market market, and I think Kalai agrees, so I'll let Kalai continue. Yeah, they what they have done with the Switch is amazing. They took a video game console and they let you play it anywhere, and it's very highly sought out after in places like Japan, New York, uh, California all big populations because of the travelability. You could take it on the train with you. California. And they also got rid of their 3DS line. So that there tells me that they want to keep a portability system. Well, they didn't so much get rid of that line, Kalai, not to interrupt, but they didn't so much get rid of that line. They took those two things and were like, let's have them fuck and make like the ultimate video game library because we don't have to worry about having two separate libraries anymore. And if you ever have noticed like Nintendo's like hardcore handheld handheld um library outshine most of their home console library as far as sales go. They fucking dwarf them. So it's like they can sit and now they can make full-fledged full games but they run on a handheld, but they can also take all those handheld franchises and then port them over to a tv or allow you to play them on a tv for the first time like pokemon like my mind was blown when i put in sword and shield for the first time and i docked it and i was like holy shit i'm playing pokemon on my tv this ain't a super game this ain't a super game boy i played pokemon on my tv with a super game boy yeah but still but i'm but i'm saying like this was a full-fledged pokemon game that you could play on a tv and it was meant to be played on a tv like you weren't stretching the images you weren't like like it's just amazing what the switch has done like but you you can't go back from this and i and it's funny that no one ever no one's tried to replicate this yet nobody like sony hasn't microsoft hasn't no microsoft sort of has not so then Sony has too because Sony's like oh well you have PlayStation Now you can play PlayStation Now on any portable device do you play it on your portable device so? not well but you can do- <laughs> not well but you can do it like you can ultimately do it like I could I could bring up PlayStation Now on my phone and play it with shitty touch screen touch screen controls or I can hook up a controller and play it that way like it's it's been replicated I just think Nintendo's really cornered this market and because they they merged their two giant divisions into one kick-ass division, I think that the future's bright for them. Very, very bright. Mm -hmm. I also think it's advantageous for them to wait because of the Steam Deck. I don't think that's going to kill them as much as everyone thinks it is, though. I feel like there's, there's room in the world for both because they're two separate markets. One is a market that will play Nintendo and affordable gaming, and one that will play Steam Deck, which is not the common they, man. They seem to be very afraid of any video on the Steam Deck showing how you can play Nintendo games. Yeah, but that's... that's you want to let me finish? Because that was not the point I was going with. Go ahead. I will start over again. This They're very advantageous to wait to see with the Steam Deck, because what the Steam Deck is bringing to market is smaller, more powerful parts and cheaper parts. So that would make a better switch. So if they wait two or three years, the Steam Deck could pave the way for a much stronger switch with better graphics. Hmm. Mind blown, right? I I just don't... 
I don't know. I, I don't see them making. I just never see them making a powerful console. And I hope that they prove me wrong because I would like to play. I would like to play like I would like to have a Nintendo console that like wows me with with graphics. Like and graphics aren't everything, and they never ever are when Nintendo games. But I, I would just for once like to sit back and be like, man, this is a game that can compete with everything else as far as like Alice graphics everything so interesting point is that switch is using nvidia technology for their graphics processing the steam deck is using amd's rdna2 technology so they're two different technologies but that doesn't mean nintendo wouldn't be above moving to another if they feel like they can get the most bang for their buck as well as processing power so i think to a point Kali. I mean, to to Kalai's point, yes, I think the Steam Deck provides additional value in the market for technology that will push portable graphics processing forward. But to Joe's point, I don't think Nintendo's worrying or really paying much attention to it. I'm sure there's somebody there going, huh, that's neat. We're going to do our own thing still. And I think they'll glean some lessons from what the Steam Deck does well. But Nintendo's still going to Nintendo and do their own thing. And the most important thing, I think, is whatever they do, especially as if they stay in this market, is making sure that their system is still fully backwards compatible with the entire Switch library. Because if not, people, I don't think, are going to want to have two handheld Nintendo systems to be carting around. Generally, when you move from one iteration from 3DS to the next one, it's because it was a significant upgrade, but it still played all your old games. And I'm thinking from Game Boy traditional to Game Boy Advance, that was the jump that stopped you from playing all your old Game Boy games. But then Game Boy Advance came out with the SP, which played your Game Boy Advance, as well as old Game Boy games. And I think Nintendo, that's when they started learning, hey, people don't want to hold on to their old systems. They want to move to the next one, but they still want access to their old games. Which is why the Wii was backwards compatible with GameCube games. Which is why the Wii U was compatible with Wii games. And it's only when they changed uh, physical format is when they lost that. Which is why I think if they stick with the cart technology, they're going to make a system that's still backwards compatible with our current library. And hopefully mm. get a little bit of processing gain off of that. I mean, I would... I don't know. With the Switch and the... They took a technology and just really used it to their advantage. I mean, a more... we As Nintendo fans, we want a more solid system that can play bigger, beefier games. But at the same time, they allowed us to do that through the uh, cloud gaming or streaming. I mean, I'd just like a Nintendo system that I could play Breath of the Wild and walk through the Kokiri Forest or the, the Lost Children's Forest and have it not chug. Mm. I agree. I mean, the games are beautiful and what they what they're able to pull off is a tactical marble. Like what they've done with this console as far as like look at Pokemon. Look at how beautiful Pokemon looks. Like look at Arceus. Game looks fantastic, but it chugs because 
it's trying to do so much on so little but but also consider what it's trying to do like i point i wanted to make earlier and i forgot was kirby and the forgotten lands is gorgeous and it runs smooth metroid is stunning and runs smooth and when you have a focused developer with an artistic vision you can pull off amazing things on the switch and unfortunately a situation where the pokemon company and game freak made arceus they know it's going to sell and they know there's a certain level of acceptability people are going to go okay but this is what we got so this is cool and as much as i loved arceus i'm still going to fault that game freak has all the money in the world and they could make something sticking to their artistic vision that doesn't look like ass you know i'm looking at a star raptor a hundred yards away and it's in single digit animation frames and it doesn't smooth out until you step closer it really comes down to the developer and their skill and the fact that breath of the wild was made to be on both the wii u as well as switch i think was more of the detriment than the fact of what the switch can do it's now been out for five years i think with the team developing breath of the wild 2 solely for the switch i think they're able to pull off some tricks that will help smooth it out so uh, unlike joe i don't think we're getting a switch pro in the next year but i'd be happy to be wrong about that Okay. Anything else you want to add, or should we land this plane? As you know, it's as much as I would love a new switch. I also don't want a new switch. I'm happy with my switch. I, it, I don't think so. The switch to me is a great system, but Kali, be realistic. Did you play your switch more, or did you play your 3ds more? My switch. I mean, collectively, for the whole lifestyle lifetime of the console, which which did you put more hours into? How can you even say that? Because they're like the the 3ds and 2ds and whatever has been longer out than the Switch. No, 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 just your 3ds. From when you had your when you first bought your first 3ds to now, what did you put more hours into? Uh, I don't know. I put a lot of hours in the Switch. I did too, but I still feel like I played 3ds a lot more because of the form factor. You could open and close it. The clamshell design really helped it be like the most portable it could be. I mean, I do feel like where we were in different places in life when those systems came out, like I definitely was. I was when the 3DS was out, I was just getting married. And it was so or I was actually I was engaged at that point. I wasn't even married. And now with the switch, it's like I'm a I'm a father. And I think the greatest thing about the switch is like I can like hang out with my daughter and watch a movie and still and play the switch. I mean, you can watch television with your husband and play the switch. Matt, you can play the switch i don't know with zelda sitting next to me that's yeah it's how i first started playing the switch i would have my dog sitting on the couch next to me playing breath of the wild i mean don't get me wrong i dumped a lot of hours into pokemon on my 3ds but i've also dumped a lot of hours into a lot of games on the switch and the portability is a huge thing because i can sit down and like you said i'm at a very different place whereas in the past I'd play a game on my TV because that's where you played them. But now I can play a game in my hand 
while watching something on or throwing a movie on on the TV. So the Switch affords you variability. And I think you're right. Nintendo needs to stick with that to maintain their place in the market. Yeah, but also at this point, there's a lot of other things you can play by portability. I play a I play a laptop downstairs while I watch TV. I can eventually play the Steam Deck. So it's and it's so funny because Nintendo is going towards a handheld. PC is going towards a handheld. Um even Xbox is somehow getting their games into a handheld form. They just upgraded the whole entire Game Pass experience. And it's amazing. It's actually what I wanted it always to be. I can't believe how much smoother it is. You're right. And you have Sony who had the Vita and just went backwards on that one. Well, it's interesting. I wonder if Sony like pulls out this big giant missile and like teams with Steam and goes, guess what? Our app is officially on this device, like natively, and then Game Pass is locked out of it. I, I imagine if they pulled that though, nope. and they and they could I imagine, but so we've had enough trying to get their games on PC, and they're now right. on Windows. They're not running on. But they don't want to put Linux. their games on PC. They didn't want to put their games on PC. They no, they had it. to. No, they didn't have to. They had to. They don't have to do anything. Microsoft has that market corner. When you're in first place, you don't have to do anything. There is money there, and they were leaving money on the table. They're always leaving money on the table. They're Sony. That's what they're famous for. They are literally famous for leaving money. They're famous, and Nintendo is famous for leaving money on the table. That's what those two companies do best at, pissing their audiences off and leaving money on the table. If Nintendo was smart, they'd bring back the virtual console and just let us a la carte all the games we want and give us what we want, not fucking uh some old ass obscure nintendo game that nobody's heard of or same thing with sony sony would give you a subscription-based model where you got day and date games if they listen to what people wanted but they don't want to do that why don't they want to do that they feel that it sullies their market no you can't do that sony there's a difference you don't want to not do that you can't you can't physically afford to do what microsoft is doing and that's the difference between microsoft and every other company Microsoft has fuck you money. They can do whatever they want because they they don't they are not they're not. Microsoft isn't counting on a gaming division to fund everything they're doing. They have Microsoft funding everything they're doing, which is completely different. Microsoft rules the world, people rules the world. There's Microsoft. So, so Sony only makes games. Sony's gaming division funds their gaming division. Nothing else from their from their TV or all their other bullshit that doesn't. They don't use that to make to to fund gaming. Because that's not what they do. It's not like Microsoft. Microsoft is pulling all their money from all their other divisions to pay for Xbox because Xbox was a failure until they did that and invested money. Well, Xbox was only a failure until the Xbox one. No, it was a failure to Game Pass. Game Pass changed Xbox. No, 360 was fantastic. It Xbox was. One, Xbox One is where the failure started. Well, I mean, when you try to make your console DRM, yeah, you're, that's your first problem. And then when they try to be like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that. It was, it was already too late. But when you don't have games, that's another thing. And like, they have games now, but like to bring it all back to Nintendo, 
I feel like Nintendo just does a bad job of listening to their fans, just like Sony does. Like it's it's no different. And like, look at all this fiasco at Metroid, Metroid, right? Just Metroid in general. We'll just go over Metroid. Yeah, they gave us Metroid. Um, they gave us Metroid Dread. Great game, right? Great. We all love it. It's great. Plays well. It's good. But what do we all want? We want Metroid Prime Four. I I don't want Metroid Prime. That series was fantastic. And I think anything you try to do with it is not going to live up to your expectations of what Prime 4 is going to be. I honestly don't want Prime 4. You know what I want? I want the trilogy, and I want to be able to play it on Switch with the controls from the Game from the GameCube versions. Or not the GameCube versions, from the, um, the Wii U versions. I want those controls on the Switch. I want that remaster just ported over the Switch. You don't even have to do any bells and whistles. Just move it over. Same thing. I want Mario... Like, I would love DLC for Mario All-Stars Collection, where they add uh, Mario Galaxy 2. Because that's just another dumb Nintendo decision. Why did you leave out Mario Galaxy 2? The highest rated Mario on that system. It's like, I just don't get some of their decisions. Like, these weird Nintendo decisions, like, they boggle my mind sometimes. Yeah, we're going to bring back Live Alive, but you guys still can't play. We're still never going to make a sequel to fucking... uh, What's the fucking game everybody wants a sequel to? Um, uh, Super Mario RPG. We're not going to make a sequel to that, but we're going to bring back this old, obscure Japanese RPG. It's like... Or we're going to put Kingdom Hearts on cloud. Like, what the fuck was that? Like... Anyways, Kalai, I think it's about time we uh, bring this home. Yeah, land the plane. We'll land the plane. Alright, thank you guys for listening. If you do like us, please check out our other shows. We have the Loop Bros podcast, we have the we have the 2236, we have the comic cast, and of course you could always join us on the Patreon. We do have a Discord and a Facebook. If you're interested, reach out to us. Uh, you know, just look up the Loop Bros podcast, you'll find us. Um, but thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next on the next episode of the Driftcast.